Spider-Man, Spider-Man does whatever a spider can. Spins a web any size, catches thieves just like flies. Hey there, there goes a Spider-Man. Is he strong? Listen, bud. He's got radioactive blood. Can he swing from a thread? Take a look overhead. Hey there, there goes a Spider-Man. Episode 63 for March 2009. The Spider-Man Crawl Space Podcast is sponsored by MailOrderComics.com. They want to save you some dollars when every cent counts. They have comics and trade paperbacks with discounts up to 75% off the cover price. An example this month of the discounts is Amazing Spider-Man number 593. The cover price is $2.99. Mail order has it for $1.49, which is 50% off. So check them out at mailordercomics.com. Welcome back, webheads, to our March show. I'm honored to have a penciler who you've been seeing a lot of in the news lately, artist Todd Nock. Todd recently penciled Amazing Spider-Man number 583, which is the team-up of President Obama and Spider-Man. He also had a nice run on the Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man title with writer Peter David. So, Todd, thanks very much for talking to us today. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for inviting me. No problem. Well, let's hit up the Obama issue right off the top. That's that's. <laughs> been, if you Google your name, yes, that's probably what comes up off the top. What's it been like to be part of that issue that's been so popular? Man, it's it's been uh, crazy. I mean, in, in a very good way for sure. Yeah. Uh, you know, when I started drawing the story, I knew that it would be pretty popular because anything Obama gets, you know, people excited and coverage and. You know, I knew the news would would cover it, but I didn't think I didn't know how big it, it, it would it would be, and I expect especially didn't expect uh, the book to go to five printings within six weeks. So, uh, <laughs> so that was really wild. And but my editor warned me, said, "Get right. ready, this 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 could be uh, be a big flood heading your way." So you, uh, you may have different numbers, but the last I looked, three hundred fifty two thousand copies have sold so far. I bet you it's more oh, than awesome. that. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I, I I've I've yet to lock down any any hard numbers myself. So. Uh, but I, 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 but I've been here. You know, the people at Marvel have been very affirming and uh, congratulatory to me for, uh, you know, the, right. the success of this of the story. And the, you know, it's. Uh, um, yeah, well, talk about how the yeah. assignment came about. How, how'd you? Uh, well, I worked with. I'm sorry. How's that? How did how did this project land on your desk? How did this come oh. about? <laughs> yeah, um, uh, I have worked with uh, the Spider-Man editor Steve Wacker. Mm-hmm. Uh, we first worked together at DC on 52. Um, I did a little bit of that for him before I got picked up for Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man. And, uh, and then Steve Wacker came on and uh, became the new Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man editor during the Back in Black run. So I did 10 issues with Steve. And um, I was working on, uh, had just started recently, or this, that, uh, the fall of 2008, started working on the Peter Parker stories for uh, Amazing Spider-Man Family. So I already had a relationship going at the... Um, in the Spider-Man office, and um, uh, I'm not sure what what led Steve to pick me over anyone else, but I got this email uh-huh. in the m- middle of de- December uh, asking if I was available to do a five-page story. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what it was. He didn't say anything other than that. And uh, I was about to head out for the holidays thinking, oh, man, I just came off <laughs> doing this tight X-Men deadline. Do, do I really want to try to do a squeeze in another five-pager before I leave to go see family? Right. I thought, well... With a recession and everything, I should probably take it. You know, why turn down work? 
Yeah. I figured it's got to be something fun. You know, Steve, Steve works on fun stuff, so it's like, okay, I'll do it. The next day I find out that it's an Obama story, and I, I, I sometimes I just think back and shudder that I, I actually <laughs> considered turning down this project. And if I had and then found out that this was what it was, I'd have yeah. just been kicking myself. So <laughs> that's all. you said November. So you're getting ready to leave for Thanksgiving or something? Or was no, it no, it's uh, actually mid-December. This was a, a very tight uh, deadline for this project. Oh, wow. uh, the writers, as well, so he and I have been buddies for mm-hmm. for years. Are we finally got a chance to work together? He, as he wrote a page, it was getting sent to Steve. He'd approve it, and then I'd start drawing it while Zeb was writing the next page. We were working okay. so back to back on this to get it done. We got this whole this five page story done within five to seven days wow. in the December, so that it would be ready for uh, the that Wednesday, the 14th release before the inauguration. Right. So, Just the quickest turnaround you've ever done something? Um, I don't know. I did a lot of, a lot of, um, a lot of quick work for uh, Rob Liefeld back in the day when I got my start at Extreme Studios. Mm-hmm. They were working me like a machine back then. So uh, <laughs> I think I've done stories even faster than this uh, five-page Obama story. Wow. But, uh, but this was definitely definitely a quick one of, of recent uh, of recent times. And you've you've been in the news media re- recently, not just this site, but uh, Newsarama. I mean, uh-huh. probably the bigger ones too, like uh, mainstream media. Who's been knocking on your door? Uh, different newspapers from all over the, the country. You know, from you know small ones from my hometown in Texas to you know. Uh, Large ones throughout the you know different metropolitan type papers right. and uh, and and um, you know places from uh, you know like Europe and stuff like Spain. I did a, uh, an interview for one of the larger Spanish newspapers. So, um, wow, so things like cool. that. Awesome. And you got to talk about friends and family reaction. This when you say you're working on Spider-Man, that's a cool thing in itself. But when you're making headlines with a collectible Obama issue, <laughs> they they <laughs> they can put two and two together. Yeah, yeah, it's it fun how. Uh, Many friends I'd lost contact with over the, the years, you know, find me on Facebook or MySpace because, you know, they, they, they've heard about this comic book. It's one, one a fun thing about this comic is that people that, that don't read comics are getting this comic, which is understandable. You know, Obama collectors, they're going to get it. That's great. Get into the comic shops and buy comics, people, please. But um, <laughs> it's nice to say, like, if I meet someone new and I go, oh, I draw Spider-Man. Oh, really? Like, what kind of stories? I mentioned this. They know what it is. You know, they're not completely out of the loop they feel a little bit of a connection to the spider-man world or the comic book world because they're familiar with this comic book rather than just spider-man in the movies or things like that right and uh talk a bit about i've read you have a love of spider-man how'd you get started or how were you introduced to spider-man you we talked a little bit before we started recording that you when you were young you started drawing hamburgers and (laughs) spider-man those were one of the first Uh, things you drew (laughs) yeah i i i my earliest memories are of drawing. My, both my parents are um, artistic. My dad designs houses. My mom used to draw portraits and stuff like that. So I, I it, part of it is genetics, just loving to draw. And uh, earliest memories were of drawing. Um, my the first thing I remember drawing was scribbling a, a, in a big circle on at the dining room table at age maybe three at the oldest, mm-hmm. uh, just saying hamburger, hamburger. And uh, <laughs> that's what I consider my first drawing. I wish I still had it. Um, yeah. But um, but I don't know how I became a Spider-Man fan. But I remember as a kid, there always being Batman and Robin toys. My folks, right. would, you know, would, I don't remember being introduced to Batman and Robin. It was like mom, dad, Batman and Robin. But Spider-Man <laughs> was the first character that I chose to be a fan of. 
I think I saw his action figure, the Mego action figure, right. uh, in the, in the, um, like the Sears or JCPenney holiday wish book and saying, I want this for Christmas. And I remember that Christmas, my three year old Christmas, uh, getting the, that 1974 Mego Spider-Man right. eight inch action figure. And I was just ecstatic. And from then on, you know, that, that started my, um, if if your folks were like mine, did they have to buy a lot of Migos because the rubber bands inside those toys used to break all the time? <laughs> yeah, no, no, I I I I I just had Batman, Robin, the Joker, and Spider Man, yeah. and uh, I was able to, uh, um, you know, I think I probably did break the rubber bands in one. I don't remember it because I remember my mom putting my Spider Man costume and head onto the Batman doll because uh. all of a sudden <laughs> Spider Man's hands weren't red anymore; they were they were skin toned, and that kind of disappointed me. Yeah, that sounds like a bad Star Trek episode with Spock's brain. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I really got into the cartoon, and, and by the time I was in late elementary, early junior high with Spider-Man and his amazing friends, that really started to open up the Marvel Universe to me, and then I started collecting comics in eighth grade with yeah. Secret Wars, and uh, then I just became hooked as a comic book fan. Yeah, by, Secret, uh, like Secret Wars... Secret War sealed the deal for me. That's what that yeah. put, put me over the edge, and I'm 34 now, still have the addiction. <laughs> um, yeah. t- talk a bit about uh, how you got into the industry. Was it Image with Rob Liefeld? Is that how you got started, or how how it all began begin for you? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I mean, that that was my really big break into full time drawing comics. Was uh, working uh, with Rob Liefeld for um, his studio. Uh, that was back in '93. I'd started doing work uh, prior. Actually, my first professional job was actually for Marvel while I was still at art school. Uh, I was 21, and uh, I was living in Dallas, going to art school, Art Institute of Dallas, and uh, Marvel would, you know, come out to the different uh, Dallas fantasy fairs they had throughout the throughout the year, and I'd show off my portfolio, and I was able to score a one-page gig in uh, Marvel's humor comic, uh, What The, they had running in the early 90s. I remember that. I remember that. Yeah, I did an X-Men uh, bit that ran on the back cover of uh, What The, number 21. And then I, you know, did stuff for small-time publishers for the next two years as I, you know, I graduated art school, started trying to send out my samples and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was um, some uh, homemade mini comics I had made with uh, with my, some art school buddies that we were printing off of a uh, um, a Xerox machine. We go to Kinkos and make these little ash can mini comics, mm-hmm. and um, a buddy of mine showed those to a guy who worked for Rob a, a year after I graduated art school, and. Uh, he took them and showed them to one of Rob's artists at a convention. He liked them, brought them back, showed them to Rob. He liked them, and they hired me off of those. Mm-hmm. And uh, that, those that, those were my Wild Guard characters, which is now a book that I do at Image every now and again. So, mm-hmm. uh, so that's kind of how I broke in. It was pretty unexpected because I didn't know my friend was doing this. And then he calls me after the convention and says, Todd, I know you said never to show those, those mini-comics to anyone, but <laughs> I did, and they liked them. I said, oh, no, that's cool. I'm glad you did. I'm glad you did. And uh, two days later, I got a phone call from Image, and, Two months later, I was moving out to California to work wow. in the studio. How would you get uh, into Marvel? Was it uh, the Sensational book back in 96? Uh, uh, Sensational, yeah. Um, uh, actually, I had plugged in with DC, and mm-hmm. Todd DeZago, DeZago, I should say, Todd DeZago was uh, on board to as the original writer for Young Justice, and I was mm-hmm. being considered for the Young Justice book. Right. And uh, so Tom was, uh, Todd was familiar with the, my art as one of the, the artists that the editor was looking at. Uh and he called me and asked if he could uh, float my name to the Sensational Spider-Man editor as an artist to do some fill-ins for Michael Ringo back, you know, there in the late 90s. And mm-hmm. so that's how I got those those two issues. But then I got plugged in with uh, 
doing Young Justice once that book started up, and then I just did all uh, all DC for the next nine years. Right. Um, Peter David then, and then my connection to back to the Spider-Man office was through Peter David after doing Young Justice with him for 55 issues. Right. Uh, he's doing Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man now. Michael Ringo is leaving the book, and Peter gives the editor my name as oh, cool. who Peter would like to see take over for Mike, and that's how I got plugged in in there. So it's it's been kind of interesting to have the Young Justice writer connection and then the Michael Ringo connection for right. the two different projects or my my connections to Spider-Man. Right. And and what was it like to draw that first? Was it Sensational twenty? Oh, I had it written down twenty something. Uh, uh, sensational 24 and 26 were the two right. villain issues I did. Yeah, what was, 26. What was it like as a big Spider-Man oh, yeah. fan? <laughs> uh, I was I was pretty overwhelmed. I had, yeah. uh, uh, it was it was exciting. I was pretty young. I think I was 26 years old. So I had only been in the industry for two or three years, and uh, had just finished my time with Extreme Studios, and uh, was looking to plug into Marvel and DC, and. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, it was it was exciting and just it just it felt like a lot of pressure. I think I was still pretty young, still pretty green at that time. Yeah. So it it I, I it was it was just a big kind of whirlwind. I mean, the deadlines were tight, so I, I you know I, I I turned these pages out pretty quick, um, and uh, didn't really get to savor the the project or enjoy it as much as I would have like to. And it's to really a, it, take it was time. number I just looked it up number twenty four. It was a Christmas story. Where yes, had, with a Hydro Man. Yeah. yeah. And then you came back and did Hydro Man and, and, and uh, Sandman in 26. Yes. Yeah. Spidey, Suspect, and Kidnapping, it's called. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that were you a fan of that old uh, Amazing Spider-Man where the Hydro Man and the Sandman teamed up and they became that big glob? Do you remember that with John I, Romita Jr.? I, 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 I missed that one. I missed, <laughs> missed that, that one. one. That was back in Amazing in the 80s. So uh, I'll have to check that out that, look that one up. That was the last time I saw those two characters together until you did it. Oh, wow. Right on. All right, uh, let's talk a bit about what's it like to work with Peter David. I mean, you, you've done, uh, you've got a second job out of him. <laughs> so, yes. So, you so, know, uh, when we got paired up with favorites. with each other on uh, Young Justice, yeah. uh, I was a bit starstruck. You know, I was still, like I said, still early in, in my career, and here I am working with someone I, I'd been reading his Hulk run for years. So I was a big fan of his work through Hulk and Fantastic Four. I mean, not Fantastic Four. What am I talking about? X Men and. Um, and Spider-Man. I, I often confuse X-Factor and Fantastic Four. I don't, what am I? That's ridiculous. <laughs> I, it's probably the F-A there in Factor that made me think Fantastic there Four. You go. Uh, I don't have to explain myself about this. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I was already a big fan of his, and now I'm working with him. And I was that was, again, overwhelming. But um, but I, I loved getting his stories. His fun, he, he, I really enjoyed the way he, he writes. And uh, just re- we really started connect, connecting over the... The, the run of the series and uh, really learning each other's uh, strengths and weaknesses. And, you know, he really knew how to write stuff that played up to the stuff I like to do, which is big superhero cast sort of, sort of stuff. Um, like sins of youth. We had ton, you know, almost every DC team in there. So we really built up a rapport there. So when I came back, when I got to work with him again on um, friendly neighborhood, when he, you know, I was honored that he, he chose me as uh, his number one replacement for Michael Ringo. Uh, I was very excited to work with him again, and it was like when I got that first friendly neighborhood plot, it was like picking up with a with a really good friend. It's like yeah. we didn't skip a beat. It's just like just like a you know comfortable pair of broken in shoes. Just it feels <laughs> right. Just yeah, went right into the flow. It, it was it was it was great to be reconnected with him, and I really just enjoyed his 
the humor that he brings and, and the, the tension with the characters and stories yeah. like that and the, um, the plot the, and the plot lines and really and appreciate uh, working with him. That sure. last issue you two did together where Jonah confronts Spider-Man is one of my favorites yeah. of the last few years. And, and talk yeah. a bit about that issue. I, and I, I it, strangely enough, I, I, it has a connection to this website a little bit because I interviewed, oh, yeah. I interviewed Peter David about uh, him starting the Friendly Neighborhood book, and someone asked right. the question, what does Jonah think of of uh, Spider Peter Parker being Spider-Man with being unmasked? And he was right. like, they haven't done that story yet? <laughs> so he, he called his editor, and he was able to put that story in motion. It, it turned out to be one of my all-time favorites of uh, Peter David's run on that one. So what's it yeah. like? To, it was kind of sad that the book closed up shop so quick. You know, I thought you guys yeah. were really getting some momentum going on that book. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, that's one of my favorite issues of the, the 10 issues of Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man that I did. That was probably my favorite issue because of the impact of Jonah confronting Peter Parker. Right. I've got the page where uh, the splash page where Jonah clobbers Peter, you know, he finally taunts him into, you know, clocking him. Got that one yeah. uh, framed and hung up on my wall in my office because it is <laughs> such a, you know, classic page of yeah. this finally coming to a head, you know. Exactly. The Peter, the, the Jonah Spider-Man thing and yeah. just all of that coming together. So uh, And now uh, they all forget. <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> what you going to do? Until they remember. Yeah, they, everybody dies, they get better. You know, it's comics. What are you going to do? Yeah, of course. <laughs> now, you've been recently... You've been uh, working with the MC2 universe, uh, Tom yes. DeFalco's universe, and the yeah. Mr. and Mrs. Spider-Man storyline in the family book. What's that like to, to work with that, that title? Um, I really have enjoyed working with, with Tom through the American Dream miniseries. Uh, really uh, built up a, a fun working relationship with him. He writes Marvel style, so you know where he writes uh, the, uh, a you know. Uh, a plot breakdown of the page and, and maybe some dialogue, possible dialogue suggestions. But then I really get to tell the story um, my way on top of that and then submit notes to him of this is what I was thinking when I was reinterpreting your story visually and how we can kind of play back and forth um, off each other. He is very affirming and very uh, encouraging with uh, the work I was doing with him. So getting to do uh, Mr. and Mrs. Spider-Man, it was fun to draw Peter Parker, Mary Jane stories, you know, even with whatever's what's, what's going on in the, you know, the, the the regular you know mainstream flagship Amazing Spider-Man title, right. I, I still get to draw Peter and Mary Jane as a couple in that kind of that splintered off universe. So that that was a lot of fun because I really dig Mary Jane. Well, got to ask every Spider fan, married or single, what do you like? <laughs> well, it, it's it, it's there. I think there are pros and cons to to both. I mean, yeah. I, it, it's. I like them married because I was reading the comics, you know, before he got married and then after he's gotten married and, mm -hmm. and up until, you know, uh, one more day and, and on through into brand new day. So, you know, there's that I've been investing all that time and, and resource into reading these stories of them together. But mm -hmm. I understand that when Spider-Man was originally created, you know, when Stanley created him back in the 60s, he was a guy who had girl problems. That was a main part of Spider-Man's character. So right. you kind of lose story options once he gets married. And you cer I certainly wouldn't want to see Peter and Mary Jane divorced. That would just be really rough to have yeah. a character like Peter be a divorced guy. It just doesn't seem quite right. I mean, I know people get divorced. You know, 50% yeah. of marriages end in divorce, and it's unfortunate. But something about 
about Peter Parker. It just Peter and Mary Jane just doesn't seem like they'd be a couple that would get divorced. So the only way to really split them up is to, you know, do this big deal with the devil thing. So I understand that, yeah. and it does open the 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 the, the stories up to you know those girl girl problem stories and make him kind of that. Yeah, kind I hate of, to use it, the word sad sack, but you know, just that kind of. You're kind of damned if you really do. Struggling with with yeah. with ladies. You're kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't. <laughs> yeah. So you know, thing? I figured, and you know, Mary Jane whispered something to Mephisto before right. the, the, the they sealed the deal. So who knows what that could be that could could turn the thing around? You know, to re- re- restore things back. Maybe, so maybe when the there's fan, always hope for that. Maybe maybe the 15, 16 year olds listening and reading today. When they become the editor-in-chief, they can all turn it around. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? And please contact me. I'd love to be a part of helping you turn you that go. back around. <laughs> <laughs> we'll sell 500,000 and 15 printings. <laughs> there we go. Uh, now, talk a bit about um, – the, 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 did you draw, design some giant posters at a con that people could stand in front of? Uh, how, how did that work? I, I've seen them online. I didn't go yeah. to the convention. But is, is it like a green screen kind of deal? It's a green screen thing. They, yeah, I, I got to get my photos taken in front of those too on the last day of the show. At the end of the show, um, was it the New York the Comic Con? Mar- I'm sorry, how's that, Brad? Was it the New York Comic Con? It was. A, they had it at New York Comic Con. Okay. Um, exactly. Uh, at the Marvel booth, they had this big green screen uh, display uh, with you know a digital uh, camera and um, these screens that you could see yourself, you know, on the green screen, and they'd import this. Uh, this Marvel superhero scene. They, I drew three different ones. Uh, there was one uh, Spider-Man swinging, and they have you sit on this kind of green block, and you and they direct you on how to kind of sit and hold your arm up like you're holding onto a web, and kick your foot up this way to make it look like you're swinging through New York City with Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's another one where your head gets put on to uh, Iron Man's armor, where he's holding his helmet, standing over a defeated Ultron, and the last one is uh, Thor, Captain America, and Iron Man in a uh, war-torn New York City scene, and you get to kind of charge forward like you're an Avenger. Oh. For that one, I had them make me really big so I could be giant man, so I'm just like <laughs> towering over to, uh, these three guys. Now, now did so, you just design it like a normal piece of art, or you didn't? Yeah. they just blow it up on the computer screen for the green screen? Yeah, well, I, I drew it regular comic book art size, you know, 11 by 17 art boards. Um, I drew the figures on a separate board and the backgrounds on a separate board so that the... the the artists or the photographers, uh, the production team could um, merge them as they saw fit, and uh, and then people would you know get in line, choose which uh, scene they wanted to be dropped into. They'd stand on this green screen and then import yeah. them into this 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 uh, photo, and then they could uh, with Photoshop you know resize things, move things, move you around just right to get you in the right place to uh, make sure you connect into the scene properly. And then they'd give yeah. you a little card, and the next week you could go onto the uh, the Marvel website, enter in the code, and there'd be your picture that you could download, email to friends, things like yeah. that. So it was a lot of fun to do, and it was uh, really fun to see see this uh, this um, this display that they'd set up. And hopefully the, they'll bring it out to other conventions that they attend. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Uh, t- w- talk about it, Sp- uh, Spider-Man wise. What do you got coming up? Um, I'm doing the, um, a uh, Another story for um, Amazing Spider-Man Family, number five, uh, that comes out in April. It's a Peter Parker story. It's uh, um, a 616 universe story. So the regular, this the, you know, Peter Parker, uh, he is trying to get work um, as a CSI photographer with uh, Carly Cooper. Oh, okay. So she has gotten him an in with uh, the 
the police department, and so he's uh, tagging along with her as a trial CSI photographer, and uh, and um, yeah, he he ends up frustrating her with all of his knowledge of Spider-Man <laughs> villains, but he can't yeah. let on, of course, that he he knows. Right. So that's written by Mark Sumerak, and uh, and that's a ten-page story in the next one, and uh, and that was a, a lot of that was a fun one to do because I do enjoy the uh, CSI shows on uh, on CBS, so uh, right. I was kind of using that as, as reference and inspiration for sure. <laughs> Any, anything after the Spider-Man family book? Um, Spider-Man-wise, not at the moment. I, the next okay. two projects I'm working on, uh, both from the Spider-Man editors, uh, okay. mostly Tom Brennan, uh, who works uh, with Steve Wacker, um, uh, a Luke Cage story for the uh, Marvel Assistant Size Spectacular, number two. Okay. Um, that's a nine-page Luke, sto- Luke Cage story, which has been fun to do, written by The Daily Show's Wyatt Cenac. And uh, after that, I'm doing one of the Marvel Apes uh, one-shots. Okay. Uh, the uh, Illuminati version of the Marvel Apes universe. So. And any Obama team-up Spider-Man sequel coming our way? <laughs> well, there was the prologue. I don't know if people were aware that uh, for President's Day, there was the digital uh, Marvel comic, the free digital President's Day special, which okay. had a four-page prologue, which is uh, – you know, which sets up that five-page story that came out in Amazing 583. So it's Peter Parker showing up for the um, inauguration. It's oh. how the chameleon uh, was able to assume uh, uh, Barack Obama's identity. And we were able to slip in uh, Joe Biden and uh, John McCain in this story. So if, if people haven't found it yet, go to uh, the Marvel online comic website there and uh, – do a search yeah. for the President's Day special, and you should be able yeah. to find it. See, I it also reprints the five pages, the five page story as well. So now you have a nine page Spider Man Obama story. See, I didn't even know that there was a five page prequel. That's awesome. I'll, I'll yeah. put a link up on the front page, and people can check it out because I'm sure I'm not the only one that hasn't heard of it. That's awesome. Yeah. All right, Todd. Time to tackle the message board questions. We've got uh, one from Crazy Chris and his location. Oh, he always has a new one every month. Someplace dark, someplace unpleasant. Dread the future and more in the present. Illinois. Uh, <laughs> what was the wow. last Todd? What was the last comic you read that you did not work on, and what did you think about it? Uh, the last one that I read was uh, Runaways number seven. Okay, and um, I, I started picking up the new Runaway series because I enjoy um, Umberto Ramos's art. Uh, but this was this issue was not drawn by Umberto. I forgot the name of the artist. Uh, has more of an, uh, a manga flavor, but um, I, I, I liked it. I liked I liked the style of the art, and I enjoy um, uh, Terry Moore's writing. I believe Terry Moore is mm-hmm. still writing uh, Runaways. He does a. But that was the last book I read. He does a great uh, Mary, Spider-Man loves Mary Jane too. Yeah, so. so you know what? Now I think about it, I forgot. I read uh, Green Lantern last night ah. around 1 a.m. So it was the. Uh, Part seven of the origin stories Jeff Johns uh, wrote uh, with Hal Jordan's origin. So to be honest, that was the last comic book I read. And of course, I'm a big Jeff Johns, even Reese fan. So uh, so I thoroughly enjoyed it. And someone we have in the chat room right now, Kevin, is a huge Green Lantern fan. And every oh, really? Spider-Man podcast we work we have, he works in Green Lantern somehow. I don't know why, but he does. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, Crazy Chris's second question is: How much time passed between the Obama project's inception and its completion? You said about five weeks on that, right? Oh no! I uh, no, actually five days, five, five, days. five to seven days. Sorry. Um, yeah, yeah. You wish it, it was five it, to seven weeks. <laughs> <laughs> it would have probably been a much longer story um, if we had more time to. You know, it could have been its own comic book special. You know, full full sized comic if we had had. 
you know, the, 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 the story spawned, from what I understand, it spawned out of the, uh, that interview, uh, like the top 10 or 20 things you didn't know about Barack Obama. And in it, it mentioned that he collected Spider-Man and Conan Barbarian comics. And I think that's what, uh, gave Marvel the idea to do the story to allow him to meet his favorite comic book character. So, so that's why this story came about was, um, off of that, that interview where he is a professed Spider-Man fan. Uh, Funny K from Scotland, who has the avatar of Hannibal Lecter and Burt Reynolds as, as a signature pick. So, classic. There you go. <laughs> Todd, a couple questions for you. You got to draw Mysterio's last venture out. So, do you know anything about the character's future? Um, no, I don't. <laughs> I wish I did. <laughs> uh, it was fun to get to design uh, the two other um, Mysterios, which we called uh, Red Mysterio and Dark Mysterio. Right. You know, along with regular Mysterio. Um, so uh, it was definitely a fun story to do. It started out as a two-parter, and then they bumped it up to a three-parter. So we got to do a lot more with the story than, uh, you know, getting that whole extra issue to uh, play around with it and, and introduce the third Mysterio. So uh, so it's definitely a lot of fun, but I don't know what's next for Mysterio just yet. That would be um, – when I did that story, it was with the previous uh, editorial team, um, uh, Michael O'Connor. Uh, now that Steve Wacker has come in um, – and I got, I moved on to do other projects. I'm not up with what's, what the plans are for Mysterio, if any, just at the moment. Okay, other question from Funny K. Other than Stan Lee, which former Spider-Man writer would you like to work with? Um, probably I would enjoy working with uh, uh, Bendis. I really enjoy his uh, Ultimate Spider-Man stories. It's probably one of my favorite Spider-Man comics at the moment. So I think that's someone I'd, I'd like working with. Cool. But he's got a ton of projects to working on right now, too, so I imagine he'd have something for you, I would think. Donald Mark, located in Arkham Asylum. Some of these people actually put where they're really from. So, <laughs> uh, Todd, great to have you on the podcast. You're one of the modern greats out there in the biz. My one question is that 95% of your Spider-Man work has been under the writing of both Todd DeZago and Peter David, both who you also worked with on one of my personal favorite books, Young Justice. Were yes. those happy coincidences, or were you given chances to collaborate with your old friends? And we answered about Peter David, best, I guess Todd DeZago now, we need to talk about. Uh, you know, with, uh, with Todd, I, I, I had not met him until the, uh, the, when young, until Young Justice was a book that was being put together, and he was the original writer to uh, get that going, and that's how I met him and got plugged in with Spider-Man and uh, working on Sensational. So, um um, uh, really these were people that I met because of the projects and, uh, initially starting with young justice, uh, back in the, you know, I was, like I said, uh, earlier is, is very early in my career and just plugging in at Marvel and DC and those, I uh, see, I plugged into DC in December of 90, not December, uh, J- July of 97. And, uh, and then Spider-Man happened in the fall and I got young justice in October. So it, it all happened really quickly. So I was really just kind of thrown into the, into the big pool with the with the big boys, uh, right? Pretty quickly there. So, um, but yeah, it was kind of some really happy coincidences uh, of how these connections with Todd DeZego, Peter David, and Michael Ringo kind of circling, circling about that there right. there'd be such these 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 uh, interlocking connections. Well, it's just like any job, you know. It's who you know. That's that's yeah. probably ninety percent of the jo- way people get jobs is if you you know this person, you know that person, etc. And Donald right. Mark also says, much appreciated. Looking forward to your Spider-Man family work, and also like to wish you and your wife Dawn a happy ninth anniversary. So congratulations oh. on that too. Thank you. Thank you very much. And Sam Kirby has a question. Hey Todd, Sam Kirby here. Yeah, the guy 
who gave you such a hard time about drawing the white spider on the black costume Spidey to look like a spider and not a skinny little ant. I remember that. Yes. He, he he posted that on the board and, and uh, said that he contacted you. So He did. Uh, he did, and I appreciated that and made my spider on my black Spider-Man costume look even better. So, uh, <laughs> so thanks for the heads up. And he wanted uh, – let's see – I just wanted to thank you for the change you did to that spider and let you know it's now one of my favorite issues because I feel like I had a bit of change to the Spidey comics. So when are we going to expect your run on Amazing Spider-Man? Um, <laughs> it's always a possibility. I, yeah. I, I, I have a friendship with the editor, um, Steve Wacker, and um, I know he's got a lot of – I mean, doing putting Amazing out three times a month is uh, – a tricky task, you know, and with rotating creative teams and, you know, so many different guys that, you know, are, are that they're cycling in and out. You know, if he needs me, I'm there for him, but they're keeping me so busy with other side projects, whether it be, you know, Spider-Man Obama story, uh, you know, doing stuff for the, the Marvel booth, the ESPN Super Bowl stuff. I mean, just all these different weird projects coming my way that have been so much fun to do because I get to play with so many different characters, like the Luke Cage story I'm doing now. So, uh, so, you know, if uh, if a Spider-Man arc show, uh, falls on my lap, I'll make sure to be posting about it so people know yeah. to, when to tune in. Cool. Spider-Man Hero 12 says, hey, Todd, love your work. How awesome did it feel to actually draw the Obama and Spider-Man together? <laughs> it was uh, very exciting. It was very cool and uh, definitely an incredible honor. And I knew as I was drawing it that, that for those five days, six days, that this was – not something to be taken lightly, that this was going to be a popular story amongst uh, comic fans at the very least. Right. So um, it was, uh, yeah, was, uh, an honor is, is the best way for me to put it, and I'm so glad I got to do it, and, and it's been definitely such a great outpouring of support and encouragement from, from fans and uh, co-creators alike. And his other question is, who other than yourself is your favorite comic book artist? Uh, my favorite favorite the probably back uh when i first started collecting in the 80s i got turned on to arthur adams work mm, uh yeah. and since then he is my number one favorite artist i really enjoy his work and now to get to know him uh here as a professional and a peer he uh, did a uh, an alternate cover for one of my wild guard comics so to get to have cool. my favorite artist draw my characters <laughs> was uh mind-blowing and i've got that cover hang hanging up in in front of my uh desk in my office so uh that's Arth definitely he needs to do more Spider-Man work. I loved his uh, from the '90s, where the the new Fantastic Four happened. Yes, I loved yes. that that four issue run or whatever that was. Mm -hmm. But oh, that's uh, great. he needs more Spidey. I he also did a recent um, uh, that reprint book, Avengers Classic or whatever it was, with the yeah. uh, with Spider-Man in the web with the old school Avengers. That was just a great piece of work. I love that for sure. And let's see, BTMX. Comedy from Ann Arbor, Michigan. Someone put their actual location, so I appreciate that. <laughs> Have you or Marvel received any response from Obama or any member of the governmental crew about the issue you drew with Obama and Spider-Man? I have not received any word. I have not heard anything personally. I, um, I'm almost positive that Marvel sent um, the president you know, plenty of copies of 583. I'm sure he got plenty of... Um, Variant covers, you know, first print variant covers. So um, if he ever hits on hard times, I'm sure he can put those up on eBay. And uh, that's, that's a joke. He could um, sign them, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> An Obama-signed Obama cover would be... Wouldn't that oh be sweet? Gosh. That would be huge. If you ever uh, go to a rally or whatever, if he's running for, for uh, 
term two, and you get yeah. a chance. You got to go up there with your books and say, "Can you sign this?" <laughs> oh my gosh, yes, for sure. So for I sure. haven't had it. I have not heard anything personally, but you know, this comic came out right at the inauguration. You know, the week before the inauguration, and I, I, I imagine he's been kind of busy here starting off. So, yeah. <laughs> so I figure if he, you know, if he ever wants to say, "Hey, you know, I'll be there for him." Yeah, I'll take his call. And there was a – I do a section on the front page called Spider Captions, and there was a picture of Obama at his desk, and he had some long boxes and your copy on the cover. I, I photoshopped your cover in there just a little bit. Uh, awesome. <laughs> and uh, do you own any Obama commemorative plates <laughs> is your next question. <laughs> no, I, 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 I'm still waiting for those to show up in the mail there along with go. my Obama coins and uh, my <laughs> Sasha Malia tie uh, Beanie Baby dolls. They, they, I think they're on hold. I think the orders have been so great that I'm on a, on a, on a waiting list, list I, I'd guess. <laughs> and had McCain won the presidency, do you think the vulture and Biden joke would have been made at him? <laughs> <laughs> you know, if, if McCain had won the presidency, I don't know if we would have had the Spider-Man story at all. Um, Probably a Batman story because that article mentioned that McCain likes Batman. Right, so. but it, did that did that McCain saying he was a Batman fan spawn out of the fact that Obama had said he's a Spider-Man fan? So if if, yeah. if, we, if we didn't have that, would have McCain come out of the closet saying, "Hey, I'm a I'm a Batman fan"? Right. Would we have known his his where his comics allegiance lied, or would he have been yeah. focusing on other stuff? So so yeah. if McCain had won, it would probably have been a whole different thing. It made, might not have had this whole comic book connection as strongly as as Obama winning. Here's a pitch. You take the whacker. You say, "Let's okay. do a what if issue if a, okay. if McCain won," <laughs> and you and you sell five hundred thousand of that too. <laughs> you know, I I think that's that would be a, a pretty fun idea. I, I think you know that's that's a great thing about what ifs. We could, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, BTMX's other uh, question is, why is Chameleon in your issue and not dead from his suicide 1999's web spinners? I know you guys weren't the first thing. You weren't the first to bring him back after that and villains come back from the dead, but come on, it makes no sense after a three-part story of why and how he dies. <laughs> you know, I did not know that uh, the chameleon had uh, committed suicide back in 99. Uh, I missed that story, so I was not aware of this. Um, so, uh, But, you he, know, he Mysterio also committed suicide, and he yeah. somehow came back, so maybe there, uh, there's some sort of uh, some force that's bringing... Uh, Spider-Man villains who committed suicide uh, back. So maybe Craven will be um, not too far behind. And he wants you to badger Marvel to create a story that fills in the gaps in the chameleon's life. So okay. appreci appreciation in advance. <laughs> awesome. I'll, I'll, if I get a chance to talk with Steve about that, I'll, I'll, I'll wing that his way. Man Spider from Milton, Massachusetts. He says, hey, Todd, what's your favorite issue of Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man that you worked on? Uh, yeah, um... As we, you and I talked about earlier in the uh, podcast, I would say it would would be um, that uh, Spider-Man, our friendly neighborhood number uh, twenty-three, right. with uh, the the Jonah Peter story, where you know the, the their whole relationship comes to you know the, comes the, to a head there, and and they they duke it out, or Peter lets Jonah just wail on him. Just the emotion <laughs> in that that scene, really, um, there in that boxing ring of that abandoned gym, where this was just really one of my favorites, and just getting to let Jonah unleash all this pent-up frustration and rage, and uh, and then how it ended I, uh, with uh, at Joe yeah. Robertson's house was just really cool. I thought Peter did a great job writing that story. And the, the last line, that effing Spider-Man I love is my yeah, favorite. <laughs> for sure. I thought that was great. That was awesome. I, I, I was, it was great that he was able to, able to 
put that in a comic, you know. Because that was what the book's been called online for years, so yeah. F and Spider-Man. Totally. Uh, Spider Tour 2 from New York City with a Arnold Schwarzenegger avatar. Yes. says, a few technical questions about being a comic book artist. Right. Do you prefer to work with full scripts or in the Marvel style, loose plot that, that the artist pay, that the artist paces with dialogue added by the writer later? What do you think are the strengths and weaknesses of each? Um, you know, I enjoy working both ways. I, I have worked with full script and I have worked Marvel style. Um, like with Peter, uh, I worked uh, full script on Friendly Neighborhood. Uh, but with Tom DeFalco, I worked Mar- Marvel style. And um, full script, I know exactly what the character is going to say. I know the exact dialogue, the exact emotion being conveyed. So I can a lot for um, word balloon placement and really capture the, the, the expressions or mood that I need to because I know exactly what the dialogue is going to be. So, so there, that, that, that's a, a plus side on the uh, full script. With Marvel style, I still get the sense of what's going to happen, the mood, the tension, the uh, you know, the jokes or whatever that needs to be conveyed, and an idea of what the dialogue might be. But the fun part of that is that I get to, you know, tell the story the way I, I see it and insert my own kind of storytelling abilities in there, and then make sure I collaborate with the writer, letting them know this is what I was thinking. In case you want to play off of these these thoughts or ideas or notes as you move into dialoguing it, or you know, they head off in their own direction. Um, with what I've done with what they've already planned. So, um, but you know, I might, uh, one of the liabilities is that I might, uh, tell the story in such a pay- way that, um, uh, it might not a lot for, um, proper word balloon placement as well. So that can be a little, little, little tricky, but, um, it's never anything that cannot be overcome for sure. And it all ends up coming together pretty nice. So it's, uh, I, I'd say I, I see more, positives in in both of those and then i do uh uh weaknesses in in those ways so the question is after years of work some artists tend to skip some of the steps in the creative process like thumbnailing pages what types of work what type of workflow do you follow when drawing pages for example Mm -hmm. do you dive right into layouts are your pages primarily breakdowns etc when I started in the industry, I'd do the small sketch, blow it up, light box it with blue line pencil, blue line pe- blue pencil onto the uh, artboard, then take that back to my drawing table and then tighten up the artwork for the inker. And then that uh, progressed into I do a little thumbnail sketch and then eyeball it onto the board and didn't just redraw straight onto the board. Then I got to a point where I skipped the thumbnail process, saw the the, the layout in my head, and would just draw it right onto the board, kind of Jack Kirby style. Start in the left hand corner, finish mm-hmm. in the bottom right hand corner. Then, um, most recently, now that I'm doing enhanced pencils, where uh, we take my pencil art, scan it in, and the colors colors over that, mm-hmm. what I do is, uh, like a half of an eight and a half by eleven sheet of paper, I I draw the, I do a really tight drawing of the 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 page in the small form. I blow that up to full size, and then take that to the light box, put the Bristol board on top of the blown up layout, and then. Um, then draw over it. It's, since it's already tightly sketched out, I'm just putting in the finished uh, pencil lines onto the board, kind of almost in a sense tracing my own work, uh, but but bringing the uh, line weight uh, aspect to the artwork um, so that it's nice and clean. You don't see the sketchy underdrawing in the final artwork that will then go to the colorist. So that's the way I've been working most recently. So um, I'll, I'll flip back and forth. Sometimes I'll just see the page in my head and just go for it right on the board. 
Sometimes I'll, I'll do, do a quick little thumbnail sketch. You know, it depends on what I need to do. Where do I need to place the figures? Uh, what kind of um, what kind of action do I need to do? You know, different. Yeah. If, if it's like a character punching another character, I might do two or three different quick little tiny tiny thumbnail sketches of different angles, different type styles of punches to make sure I get the right shot of uh, these two characters fighting that I would choose for that panel and then move into the either thumbnail layout sp- uh, page or just draw it right onto the board. Right. And he says, when you sit down at the drawing table at the beginning of the day, how much time do you spend loosening up with sketches, if at all? And do you find that this benefits your art overall with the loss of work time worthwhile in the long run? I don't do warm-up um, sketches. I don't loosen up in that way. Um, I, uh, I, I I put all that energy right into the layout of that page. It depends on what, what, what progress I'm in, in in the, in the, for that page of that day. Either I, I need to finish penciling the previous day's page or starting a new page with, with layouts that day. So I just, um, start in on right there with that panel and, and just go for it. And it, you know, it's a slower start. You know, I, I might spend, you know, uh, more time on this one panel, but then as I get warmed up by the end of the day, it's, it's, uh, it's a runaway freight train heading downhill. It's, it's, uh, <laughs> The the the, pen, the lead is flying and the pages are, are coming off the board. I, I usually do about a page in a day to a day and a half, uh, especially in this enhanced pencil style. Right. And uh, last question, how much time do you spend on each page on average? And how much time do you uh, dedicate to drawing each week? Yeah, um, I guess I kind of already answered that question there. With a, <laughs> I do a page to, in a day to a day and a half. But yeah. um, uh, I, I, and I, in, in a work day, I, I usually like to start drawing around uh, 9 a.m., 10 a.m. And I usually work till about 6 or 7 uh, p.m. with maybe taking right. about half an hour uh, for lunch. And then there's usually another half hour for, you know, checking emails and stuff like that throughout the day. So And don't forget Facebook. That's how we met. Yes, yes. <laughs> Got to keep my Facebook updated. Yeah. And he says, not to put you on your spot, but what do you think about Marvel ending their open submissions policy for artists? You know, this is the first I'd heard of that, so I'm not sure what's uh, what's going on with, with all that. But um, um, I wasn't even aware of their current uh, open submissions policy. So, uh, But, you know, with the Internet uh, and so many – like when I was trying to break into comics back in the late 80s, early 90s mm-hmm. – Marvel and DC didn't want to see you drawing, bringing your creator-owned stuff, or that was the vibe I was getting. They wanted to see sample pages of you drawing their their company's characters, and um, that's why I was surprised I was able to break in with my Wild Guard mini comics. Nowadays, that's what they want to see: creator-owned stuff. You know, it's like you made a mini comic, let me see it. You know, you've self-published a black and white comic, let me see that. That's a great way for a writer to break in. And it's a good way for an artist to break in. You know, they're seeing a finished product. This is what they can expect if they were to hire you to draw their book. And now with the internet, you can post your, you know, your online material that, uh, if it garners enough of a fan following, someone at one of the, you know, major companies is bound to come across it as people start talking it up. So even though this, the open submissions policy has, uh, come to an end, I'd, I, I encourage artists and creators to keep doing it for the fun of it, and you right. never know who's going to see it, because that was my experience. And I, I guess if you can tell from the question, Spider Tour is a aspiring artist, so if you want to check yeah. out his page, he's got some sample artwork up there on his DeviantArt page. So good oh, right luck. I'll have to go by and take a look. Good luck, Spider Tour, so we wish you luck. Yeah. And he's in New York. Are you in New York City? Because he's in New York City also. Uh, no, I'm in Southern California. Oh, okay. Other side yeah. of the coast. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no 
we're going to Dublin, Ireland, Irish lad. <laughs> he wants to know about uh, the royalty check from Obama. If you if you splurged and bought anything big. <laughs> well, um, yeah, actually, I'm looking at I'm following you, along with you here on the the message board. The questions. Uh, so you know, I I haven't received the royalty yet, check yet. That probably won't be showing up till this summer. And uh, so I have no idea how big it's going to be. But what I want to know is how big is uh, Barry Kitson's check going to be because he did a a lion's share of the art for that issue. So he's going to get a bigger percentage. Uh, for the 22 pages than the five pages I did. So that's the royalty <laughs> that's check I want to see. Oh, that's true. Yeah. That's funny. Uh, Viper from Johannesburg, South Africa. Hi, Todd. Some great work on the Obama issue. Who is your favorite character that you love to draw, be it hero or villain, for any company? Wow. Uh, you know, I, I get that question quite a bit, like at conventions and stuff, you know, people mm-hmm. asking, you know, who's my favorite character to draw? And um, it's hard to lock it in on one, but I do love drawing superheroes, I'll say that much. If they're wearing, you know, spandex, cape, boots, you know, some sort of, you know, you know, web shooters or goggles or whatever, that's the <laughs> characters I want to draw. Um, I really enjoy drawing female characters. Uh, I, I like drawing um, – so, you know, I was really excited to draw um, – Mary Jane and the Mr. and Mrs. Spider-Man stories. Mm-hmm. Um, I like drawing obscure characters. So, you know, when I got to draw Hydro-Man back uh, nine, ten yeah. years ago, that was very exciting. And uh, and the characters I've gotten to draw in this current um, Spider-Man run, the uh, Friendly Neighborhood run, that was uh, that was fun what, fun to do. So, what's the pros and cons? What's the pros and cons to the black versus the red costume? What, I bet you the red is harder to draw. The red. It, it, it was hard to draw at first, but once yeah. I got a feel for how those webs go, the kind of the uh, the puzzle that those webs are, right. they 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 become almost second nature. Uh, with the black costume, what intimidated intimidated me the most was the the white spider, making right. sure that those uh, spider legs arced in the right directions to then connect around to the back. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it's. Uh, Finding the, the with the black costume probably the one of the difficult uh, ways uh, choices that I had to make was in the issue 17 of Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man I drew him completely black right. with a uh, kind of white line signifying where his uh you know his uh, the delineation of his uh, overlapping um, you know musculature right. uh, which I picked up from Web of Spider-Man Annual Number Two drawn by Arthur Adams you know mm-hmm. I pulled out that. That you know all, you all my different black costume uh, issues for reference. You know some of my favorite ones, Rick Leonardi and uh, uh, Arthur Adams and stuff. So I was, I was playing off of that at first. Then in issue 18, I moved into more of kind of the micro wingo look where you had uh, the reflected blue light. And uh, so right. just try, finding the where uh, highlights and shadows would be would be a challenge on, on the black costume. Um, yeah. And then the you know like with the red costume, like I said, is once you learn the the puzzle of the of the direction of the webs. It, it becomes second nature. Uh, B Dog from Canada says, "Hi Todd, I'm a young aspiring colorist. Do you have any advice on breaking into the biz?" Uh, you know, for colorists, I'm not sure what the best ways are for a colorist to break into the business. Um, but uh, I would say get a hold of any black and white sequential artwork that you can, um, color that up, and try to get it seen by editors. You know, just color as much as you can. And uh, really get creative with your your lighting and storytelling with, through color, because um, I think colorists can really just really bring a whole new level to to comic book art, especially with all the the digital 
um, right. possibilities now, you know, through Photoshop and different programs like that. So I would encourage encourage them to call, and, and that's my encouragement to anyone who wants to break into the industry. Write as much as you can, draw as much as you can, ink, color as much as you can, and get it out there. Post it on your DeviantArt page, you know, forward links around, stay in community and bring samples to conventions, even if, you know, you can't get it shown to an editor. Show it to somebody and get get your artwork out there and flowing because uh, you never know who's going to see it. Right. And that, that's pretty much the advice Peter David and Tom DeFalco gave to the writers that asked a similar question. Uh-huh. If, you, it's your, if it's your passion, do it every day. Keep doing it. Yeah. To, to oh, it. and do it for fun. If you're not exactly. having fun doing it, then you're not going to have – I mean, that's the only reason – the main reason to do this is because you enjoy it. You have fun. Don't do it to get rich. Don't do it to become famous. Right. Do it because you love it because riches come and go, fame come and goes. But if you've had fun, you can look back on your life and say, I had fun doing this. You can pull out old artwork and go, I remember drawing this, and it was a good time. Because I've had projects I had to rush through, I didn't enjoy, and I look back at it, it's like, I barely remember doing this. Other things, like when I was drawing that Obama story, I made sure to savor it because I knew I'd look back on it, and it's like, do I want to look back and remember having fun with it, or do I want to look back and just think it was just a bear that I had to just wrestle through and just crank it out and and just not even remember drawing it? So it's really... What's your mental state? Where's your heart at? Put Make sure you put fun into it and have fun with it, number one. Right. The rest will come. Lockdown from Illinois, who is a big fan. His avatar is your Mysterio issue. Yeah, I see that there. Awesome. And that, that was where he was in the iron costume, wasn't it? Yes, okay. yes. I didn't. I, I forgot that you drew the iron also. You had three Spider-Man costumes to deal with. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, at first, I didn't think I'd like the Iron, Man, uh, the iron Spider-Man costume until right. I started drawing it, and yeah. then it started to become fun for me. Yeah. Uh, his question is, do you enjoy drawing action-packed weird stories like the Mysterio storyline over in Friendly or like you did during the your days in Young Justice? Or do you enjoy the more character-driven stories like you recently did in Amazing Spider-Man Family? Uh, you know, I like I like both. I really like drawing action-packed weird stuff. And I love what I love about Peter David is I think he's able to do both, that he, he brings the character-driven stories to, to a great marriage with the action-packed weird stuff. And I think, um, I think those are my, when, when those two can meet, that is top of the line best stuff. That's where I just find I have the most fun. And he says, by the way, your mysterial rules. Oh, thank you. Which one? I did. <laughs> all three together. Three. They all rule. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Jack O'Lantern from Derry, Ireland. Just like to say thanks for doing this, and if Obama is reelected in 2012, I think you deserve a lot of credit. <laughs> two, two questions: Any creepy or funny stories about commissions from fans? For example, did anyone ever ask you to have his head drawn on Peter's body, minus the spider suit, or Gwen and MJ in bed, or something? <laughs> you know, I do tons of commission sketches, either at the conventions or uh, usually I do just like head headshots at conventions, and then I do full size commissions via email requests that I do here in my office at the drawing table where I can devote a lot of time to it. So I get so many. It's hard to remember some of the creepy or funny ones because they all start to blend together. But I've had people ask me to draw them as a character. Probably the oddest one of someone draw me. They wanted me to draw them as dark side. So I put the dark side helmet on this, uh, this uh, heavy set goateed looking fella. And, um, you know, Superman with an afro, um, there you go. and I mean a big afro, Super and fro. Uh, things like that. <laughs> Super fro. Yeah. Uh, could you draw my head on Peter's body minus the spider suit? I'm sure he could, sir. Yeah, actually, go ahead. I'm how, capable how, of it. Do I want to draw that? I'm not quite sure. <laughs> how do people do commissions with you? How, how do they go about? 
Um, they can uh, contact me via my website, uh, wildguard.com, or on my DeviantArt page, toddnock.deviantart.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, my email contact is on there. They can shoot me an email if they're interested. I can, I'll reply back with uh, all the commission info, which is essentially, you know, uh, single character, full, you know, full body shot, you know, head to toe, uh, tight pencil detail. Um, for that, that, it's around one hundred and fifty bucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, that include, and you'll receive the original artwork plus the uh, any sketch work I do that leads up to that. And um, and then if they want to add a second character or specific backgrounds or inks, those would be extra charges that can be tacked on there. And that's something that can be discussed um, when cool. uh, they reply to my info. Email. Are you going to any cons this summer? I'm, I'm going to Chicago. Are you going to Chicago? Uh, I don't have plans to make it to Chicago, at least just okay. yet. Um, I, I, uh, I am attending quite a few con, uh, conventions here through the spring. Yeah. I'll be in Toronto in April, the Toronto Con in April, uh, Motor City Con in May, mid-May. I uh, just got an invitation to the Barcelona show in oh, late wow. May, so I'm very excited about that. I've never nice. been to Spain, so that and I hear that's like the second largest show in the world, you know, just behind San Diego. So um, those those are my next three. Um, I'll be appearing at a, co- a comic shop for Free Comic Book Day in uh, here in Southern California, up in Rancho Cucamonga. Need to finalize that. And uh, I will definitely be at San Diego Comic Con in July. Sweet. And probably most of your day at the cons is, is do, doing uh, autographs and, and sketches, isn't it? Yes. Or commissions, yeah. Yes, find me an artist alley and... Uh, <laughs> I'll hook you up with a with you know you can get in line for for a head sketch. Uh, yeah. They're reasonably priced, and I, I try to hook up as many people as I can. How many how many can you do in a show? <laughs> gosh, I do about oh man, I probably do about twenty five to thirty a day at least. Wow, that's crazy. Uh, we're going off on a rant. I'm sorry, Tech. <laughs> Tech from my home state of Missouri, St. Louis, Missouri. Thanks for doing the cast. What is your favorite comic book cover? You can do what you've ever, your favorite non well, stuff that you've not done and stuff you've done. You can name two. Right. Um, let's see. My favorite favorite cover of like all times of, of comics I've read probably would be. Um, gosh, there was uh, the co- the comic book cover that attracted me to reading comics. Secret Wars is where I started collecting comics. Forget which issue it is. I think I want to say it's issue number seven or it's issue number nine. I think it's issue number nine, where all the Marvel heroes are racing up a side of a mountain to uh, attack Galactus. Mm-hmm. And that just blew my mind. All these characters, some I knew, some I didn't. I didn't know who Galactus was. I was 13 years old. Yeah. And I just had to, I, I had to buy this comic to find out who these people were. Yeah. So that was one that just really struck me, and, and that one got me into reading comics, and I was a goner from there on. I really, I uh, really like the uh, Infinite uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths, uh, the, the Death of Supergirl cover. I think is a very classic cover uh, with Superman holding um, Supergirl's, you know, dead body there, with all the heroes in mourning around uh, on those rock pillars. Um, as far as uh, favorite covers I've drawn, um, probably one of them would be, probably one of my favorites would be Young Justice number fifty, where I got to draw the team with a bunch of other uh, teen. DC superheroes. Uh, uh, I remember that pull. cover. That probably took a long time to do. It did, but oh yeah. man, I love it. I love drawing as many characters as I can. Yeah, and I think that was the Secret Wars you're talking about. Wasn't that Mike Zack that did that? Yes. One? Yeah. Yes, he was one of my earliest influences. For I wish sure. he would come back. I mean, he doesn't yeah. do much comic book work these days, but I think he does commissions on his website. Oh, nice. Uh, uh, which character would you like to draw that you haven't yet? 
Uh, I'd love to do more um, X-Men. Mm-hmm. I'd love to get on to the New Mutants book that is coming out through Marvel. I'm a big New Mutants fan. That was oh, my book in high school. That was the book I read and could relate to uh, as far as, you know, teen superheroes. And uh, Fantastic Four. I've always been a Fantastic Four fan since uh, the old Fantastic Four cartoon of the 70s was where I first got introduced to them and uh, really think The Thing is a cool character and love to do some stories with The Thing. Cool. Uh, let's see. Ditko loves green 77 from London, England. Let me explain his handle to you. He okay. says most of uh, Ditko's early villains all were green. <laughs> oh, yeah. They had a lot of green in them. So, hey, Todd, That's I good. love your work and hope to see you more of it on the Spider-Man soon. And any conven- funny convention stories you'd like to share? Um, sure. I, I uh, Gosh, I've been to so many conventions. Uh, probably the... the the, the most uh, the, the one convention story that stands out was uh, Phoenix Cactus Comic Con uh, from uh, I think it was two years ago. Okay. I was on a creator panel with, um, and we were up on uh, it was a, 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 a table you know that usually elevated like two or three steps um, so that you know people can see us. So I was up there with like seven or eight creators on a stage that should really have only held six. <laughs> up there with. Um, uh, George Perez, uh, Phil Hester, Andy Kuhn, um, Arthur Sudyam. Uh, hopefully I'm pronouncing his last name right. Um, so, and, and a couple other guys. And we're, we're, we're doing an hour-long uh, panel, and, um, and we're joking around up there answering questions. And I'm on the far left. I'm right there on the edge, and it's like, okay, got to be careful sitting here. I know where I'm at. <laughs> and so George Perez makes a comment, and I decide to pretend that I'm irate. And so I turned and I, you know, jokingly kind of pound my fist and I feel the the leg of the chair slip <laughs> off the side and I start to lean back and I know I'm falling and I know there's no way to stop this. And my <laughs> wife is in the audience and she sees this. I hear a big gasp as I tumble backwards. My feet oh, are up in the man. air and I just see the ground racing up at me. It felt like it took forever to fall. And my wife tells me the story afterwards and Arthur's wife, you know, she's there to make sure I'm okay as well. And they said, I fell down, and, like, two seconds later, I just kind of popped back up, you know, standing up like, I'm all right, I'm okay, like I pulled off some sort of stunt. I was completely fine. Uh, I was sore. My whole left side was sore, but um, but no, no broken bones. But uh, that was pretty much the end of the panel. Afterwards, they said, okay, that's it. I think that's a good way to end this panel. And I so wish someone had gotten that on videotape t- because that would have been a YouTube viral video, I'm sure. If, if no doubt. You online. Many hits on that one. Yeah. <laughs> and if anybody's listening – and you've recorded it. <laughs> post it, yes, please. please. Please post it on YouTube and send me a link. <laughs> His other question is, how much artistic license do you like to take when drawing a comic? When I say that, I mean, do you stay in the, to the script no matter what, or do you like to be a bit more inventive? Um, you know, I like to respect what the writer has written, and I want to convey all the information that they have uh, placed in there. Um, for a writer that I'm really familiar with and we have a good rapport and, and we understand where we're coming from. You know, I, 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 I'll discuss with them if I say, if I think, can I approach it this way or that way? Um, you know, if I, if I think of, you know, I know you've written the panel with this information. What if I were to, what if I were to add this? Would this be cool with you? So, you know, I like to get inventive where I can, but I like to do it respectfully. Right. And Spiderholic, which is Stephen, who we, when we tried to do live callers, we had a little technical problem. Oh, yeah, but yeah. Stephen's question is, uh, what's your favorite Spider-Man issue of all time? Uh, oh wow, favorite, favorite Spider-Man issue of all time. Um, 
You know, probably the fa- my favorite one, the one story that really just really stood out to me, that just really blew me away. I'm not, I can't remember which issue it was from. I got a, I, it was one Christmas, I got this hardcover of classic Marvel stories. And mm-hmm. this was the Spider-Man story in it. And it was called The Kid Who Collects Spider-Man. Ah, Roger Stern. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, Spider-Man comes to visit this kid who, collected all these different newspaper clippings. At the end, you find out the kid has a terminal disease, and Spider-Man reveals his identity to him, if I remember it correctly. And it was just really emotionally grabbed me. I was like 16 years old, yeah. and that one just had such heart to it, and just it just really just really touched me in a way that it's just like, wow, I, I don't know what it was. It wasn't, you know, there's you know so many of Spider-Man's crazy adventures, big yeah. fight scenes with crazy villains, you know, that type of stuff. But this was so different. That, that that's what really stood out to me, and just the heart that Roger brought to that story just really, really grabbed me and, and stood out because it was so atypical for what a teenager looks to read in comics. How old are you? I'm I'm 34. It sounds like we 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 love Secret Wars. We love yeah. Roger Stern. How old are you again? Uh, I am 37. 37. Okay, so yeah. we grew up in the 80s. We we exactly because he he was that's one of my favorite stories, and also a Peter David. One shot is one of my uh-huh. favorite stories, uh, Amazing 267, where Spider-Man chases a crook to suburbia with no buildings to swing from. is oh. one of my favorite Peter David stories of all yeah. time. So. Right. That's funny. Uh, Kevin Cushing is from Louisville, Kentucky, and he's an aspiring writer, so hopefully he can work with you someday. He says, there you go. Hey, Mr. Knock, I know you've uh, done some comics writing, but it's much less than the penciling you've done. Do you write as much as you'd like to, or do you feel you've been sort of typecast as exclusively a penciler? Uh, you know, I, I, did, I have started writing with my creator-owned stuff at Image, my Wild Guard book, um, which is a lot of fun. I learned a lot of lot just working off of Peter David's plots. I, you know, I did started writing my Wild Guard after we wrapped up Young Justice. Um, I really enjoy telling stories visually. I do like to write uh, when I can. Um, I like to collaborate. Uh, like working Marvel style really allows for that kind of. In a sense, I'm writing in my head as I'm trying to translate their their story. You know, as I as I put the the story down visually, um, I don't feel that I'm I'm uh, like typecast exclusively as a penciler. I know I have a, a certain editor friends that are familiar with my writing that encourage me to write more to submit uh, stories at least at DC um, the stuff that for me to write and draw there. Uh, but I've been so I really just enjoy. I enjoy working with other other writers that I haven't really pursued writing um, for Marvel or DC. I, I, you know, I like writing my creator-owned stuff because I feel I know those characters the best and I can take them in directions I want to. Uh, but I haven't really considered writing, uh, or really pursuing, I should say, writing um, like Spider-Man stories, pitching something, or uh, like a miniseries or a one-shot or something. Any, any advice for Kevin as an aspiring writer, what he should do to get his stuff seen by the big guys? Yeah, um, I, I, I've, um, uh, I, I don't think I could say anything different than what has been said uh, yeah. by, by Peter David and, 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 and uh, Tom DeFalco is write as much as you can, yeah. write your mini comic, find a uh, young artist, you know, an upcoming artist that's looking to get their big break, you know, collaborate together between the two of y'all, put out a short story that y'all can, um, you know, at the very least print out on the Xerox machine and, and hand off to editors so they can see your, your writing translated into actual comic book form. Right. And uh, if I can throw a shout-out to C.B. Sabolsky from Marvel mm-hmm. on, on, on Twitter, he has posted a lot of great um, 
breaking into the business advice on Twitter. Okay. You can read all his different tweets about breaking into the business. I was checking those out a few days ago. It's all incredible information that you just take it to heart, apply it, and and go for it. Cool. So. All right, Kevin. I, I Great resource. hooked you up with some questions about getting into the biz. So he he does a monthly uh, book for our website. It's uh, oh, right uh, called Spider Man Crawl Space, ironically enough, and it, it basically is what happens if Spider Man didn't make the deal with the devil and he's still married. It j- just takes the story along that way. Oh, cool. So he he's practicing uh, his writing skills, writing his favorite characters. So awesome. Check Good it out man. if you get a chance. And yeah. last question is Spider Caster from Salisbury, Maryland. Hey, Mr. Knock, is there a particular Spider-Man villain that you haven't had the dr- opportunity to draw but would love to take a shot at one day? Uh, yeah, the first one that comes to mind uh, would be the Shocker. Mm-hmm. I love that uh, quilted look to his costume. <laughs> I think it's very unique, and uh, it looks like it would be fun to draw. And plus, you know, electricity shooting around and arcing everywhere yeah. is, is, is uh, a fun uh, uh, energy element to, to play around with. What, what, what's the opposite of that question? Who do you hate? <laughs> Who's uh, a pain to draw? Um, well, if, of the spider villains I have drawn so far would be Sandman, um, Mysterio, uh, technically the Rhino in uh, the Mr. and Mrs. Spider-Man story. Right. Uh, so I, I haven't really gotten to draw that many, so I, I, I don't know if I've, I've had to... I, I could say that there's one I, I hate okay. to draw yeah. yet. Okay. <laughs> Give me ten years, and then and then, and, and, and then we can talk about that. <laughs> well, I appreciate you taking time to answer all these questions. We had was... questions around the world. It seems like for you, so yeah. you've got a lot of fans are out there. Before we go, let's give a couple plugs to what you're, what's coming out that we can look for. I mean, we talked about Amazing Spider-Man Family. Yes, number out. five coming out in uh, in April, which is the Mark Sumerak CSI Peter Parker story. Uh, that's a ten pager. Uh, the Luke Cage story in. Um, the Marvel, the Marvel assistant-sized spectacular number two, mm-hmm. uh, that that'll be out in April as well. And then uh, up next for me to draw is the Marvel Apes uh, um, one shot coming out in June. I believe it's called Prime Eight. It's the uh, Marvel Apes version of the Illuminati. And so go. those are the next <laughs> things that you can definitely look out. Right. And well, and let's give a plug to your creator-owned stuff and your website. Yeah, that'd be uh, WildGuard. W i l d g u a r d. WildGuard.com. Or Todd Knock at DeviantArt, you can see, uh, you know, preliminary sketches and uh, different character stuff I've done there. Um, but Wild Guard is my image comic book about a reality TV uh, superhero team. You can buy the trade paperback and subsequent and, and following one-shot issues off of uh, WildGuard.com. You're buying those straight off cool. from me, or find them at your local comic shop. Support your comic shop, but uh, track them down. Uh, it's a lot of fun. It's my first full, you know, professional venture into writing. And I've created tons of characters. So if you like seeing big character cast comics, then uh, Wild Guard uh, would be would be something you'd enjoy. And if you don't like reality TV, still check out the comic book because uh, it's just more of a framing sequence to tell superhero right. stories. And if Steve Wacker approves it, the what if what if issue of McCain becoming president yes. with Spider Man. <laughs> So hopefully that it gets approved. Anyway, Todd, I appreciate it, my friend. I've been a fan for years, and I'm a oh, Marvel. You, I'm, I'm a Marvel zombie, and I've read your Young Justice story. So that oh, that, wow. ought, that ought to tell you something. No, that does, man. Thank you for the support. No problem. Well, Todd, I appreciate it, and you have a good rest of the day, sir. Thanks, you too, Brad. <laughs> 
And that wraps up our first show for March. We have two more shows coming out this month, and those will be released in a few days. But before we go, I want to give a thanks to MailOrderComics.com for sponsoring the show. They're currently accepting March orders. An example of their great prices is Amazing Spider-Man number 594. The cover price is $2.99. Mail order has it for $1.84, which is 38% off the cover price. So check them out at MailOrderComics.com. Gang, thanks so much for listening. I'm Brad Douglas, your host and webmaster of the Spider-Man Crawlspace.com.